This week, 2.7 trillion reasons to be excited about the new budget deal, the Pentagon goes on a hiring spree, and CBS's military drama is KIA on the Defense Nerds Podcast. Welcome back to the Defense Nerds Podcast, the number one podcast in America covering defense and veterans news on Capitol Hill without the use of performance-enhancing drugs. I am Leo Shane, Deputy Editor of Military Times. Thank you for downloading the podcast. You can download all our past episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and DefenseNews.com. We'd appreciate it if you download them all this weekend from all four sites. It'll make our bosses even happier. With me, as he is every week, is my co-host, the Acting Principal Deputy Undersecretary of Podcast Research and Acquisition Management for the Office of the Congressional Liaison for the Defense Industry Media Outreach, Joe Gould, Capitol Hill Bureau Chief for Defense News. Woo! How you doing on this fine, fine fine july afternoon uh doing great um joe we just passed the 50th anniversary of putting a man on the moon Uh, i want to talk about it because it was a ridiculous idea it was a task many said couldn't be done considered one of the crowning achievements of mankind and yet in the last few days five decades later we saw an even more breathtaking breakthrough something that even the first astronauts would have considered impossible i'm referring of course to congress agreeing on a budget deal Yes. And actually moving ahead. I knew that's what you meant. Look, seven months of fighting over the federal budget, possibility of government shutdown looming this fall. Congressional leaders in the White House announced a plan for a two-year, $2.7 trillion deal that will also raise the debt ceiling, uh, officially end spending caps, which have bedeviled budget planners for 10 years. Defense Department's going to see a 3% raise in fiscal 2020, $738 billion total. Uh, we'll come back to that number in a moment, Joe, but let, what, does, what does all this mean? Well... Uh, Congress avoided uh, Congress in the White House. Um, uh, it appears if this passes, they've still got to pass it. But um, it appears they've avoided a sequester, a shutdown, or a one-year continuing resolution. So there's a chance we get a, a defense budget on time. We don't do That's that right. every year. We That's don't do right. that anymore. And it, and right. And then there's stability through the end of the Budget Control Act without extending budget caps. So. Let's um, not get too ahead of her. There's stability this year. So the the budget You think number, they can undo you think, think that there's a possibility the that the budget number this year is fine. We right. you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more in a second. But the budget number for this year will work ahead. Budget number for next year for defense is seven hundred and forty billion. That would right. be less than half a percent increase from year on. I think there's gonna be an interesting fight over that number when we get to next year. You think year. it's going to we'll, be, it may be relitigated based on the outcome yes, of the... Uh, but we'll deal with okay. that when we get to it. Well, I, I also wanted to say, you asked me, what does it mean? I Let's a shout out to the fiscal conservatives in the audience, um, however many of them there are. All five but, um, of you. Uh, uh, but the Committee on uh, the Responsible Federal uh, Budget called it the worst budget agreement in our nation's history because it uh, included big spending increases with fewer offsets. It's, it's incre- increasing the deficit. It's yet another, um, you know, if we can just kind of take a step back for a second, like this is yet another back, move. But the president says this is a wonderful yes. deal and it helps our military. Yet another move so. under this administration that um, that grows our uh, debt and deficit. So I don't think I don't think Trump ever said he was going to cut the deficit. That's not a thing that he. Oh wait, no, that's the thing he said all the time. Never mind. It's the other <laughs> way. It's the other way. 
Now, it's look, this is this is this represents a, a tough pill on a lot of sections for folks to swallow. For the progressives, this is a pretty sizable increase in the defense budget. You did the, the vote breakdown. What was how many? Repu- I mean, the president wanted Republicans to vote for the it. The president was whipping for Republicans to vote for it, and he got less than a third of the House Republicans to vote for it right. uh, at the time of this taping. The Senate has not yet taken this up. They're going to take it up later in the week here, but um, but we're expecting a little bit uh, a little bit nicer number there, but. A uh, real rebuke from House Republicans who knew that there were going to be enough Democrats to vote for it. Um, they didn't need it. You know, there's something to be said for Nancy Pelosi's uh, whipping ability here, because despite the fact that there's a pretty big defense increase, despite the fact that there's not restrictions on how Trump can move some of this money around to to work with his border wall goals, um, she still got 219 votes. She only only lost 16 Democrats. So, uh, so got her got her camp to swallow a. You know, a sizable increase by saying, look, we got more non-defense spending. We right. got most of what we can avoid a shutdown. We can look like we're keeping government operating. Democrats, um, Democrats, I think we're sold on this in part because there was a hundred billion uh, more dollars over two years for the non-defense side of the budget. Yeah. And that's something she's, uh, you know, Speaker Pelosi has been really focused on the idea of parity, uh, you know, bringing up bringing up both the defense and non-defense side, not just dumping more money in the military and cutting back on domestic programs. So, um, so you know, big, big deal. Um, you know, I think, I think this ends up hitting the Republicans a little harder. Well, let's, let's jump into that here because that, right. that $738 billion um, defense spending number. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember way, way back to about two weeks ago where all <laughs> the House Republicans refused to vote for the National Defense Authorization Act because the funding level was far, far, far too small. They'd been pushing for $750 billion in defense spending for fiscal 2020. Democrats passed that NDAA bill with only $733 billion. Again, that was far too small to respond to national security needs. It endangered the country. But as soon as the president signs off on 738, all of a sudden that $12 billion in lost money wasn't as perilous for the military anymore. That's so, right. Uh, look, we talked about in past podcasts how that, that defense authorization bill is typically a bipartisan vote, and it was really significant that all the Republicans stood against it. Um, now, with this with this budget deal adding you know half a percent more than what the Democrats wanted, uh, just, just $5 billion, chump change in, uh, in the D.C. world here. Um, suddenly that 750 number isn't important. I think they come across looking, looking bad here. Well, um, yeah, that's right. They, they came out and said that $750 billion was the bare minimum. They talked about three to 5%, uh, growth over inflation year over year. Certainly 738 to 740 from, from 20 to 21 is not a, uh, is not that, um, I think we're looking at like three and 1% uh growth inflation is probably going to eat up the the growth in that second year so it's and not that's why none of them could vote for it except a bunch of them rolled over and did so so i i just to offer kind of a, can i have, can i offer like a no, little bit of a you can't defend them i want to offer a little bit of a limp defense which is that <laughs> that you that that they were working in sort of a tactical fashion they came out against the committee's bill you could one interpretation is is because you're still negotiating when you're, you know, you've still, you're, you're at the start of the process. And so they want to have as much leverage as they can heading into the other side of the process. You know, Adam Smith, I think was um, the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee was probably undercut by, um, by Jack Reed and, and, um, and Democrats in this, in the Senate 
voting in favor of a $750 billion bill. Can we kind of flip that around and say that that um, Republicans in the House were strengthening Jim Inhofe going into conference negotiations as they reconcile these two bills? Um, so here's the counterpoint. Well, hold on. But I'm and and I want to say that what Thornberry told us was that the certainty of a two year deal was worth the lower number. Yes, it's less than what they wanted. Um, and I think we know, given some of the nightmare scenarios that we're talking about, is that this could have been worse and it still could be worse. Right. The, the White House is unpredictable. Remember, Trump went from 733, which was the number inside the Pentagon, to 700 billion and then had to be talked back up to 750. Um, we don't know whether Democrats are going to take more ground in the midterms. Um, so I think Republicans are sort of they're they're being pragmatic here and taking yes for an answer. The 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 choice to vote against the NDAA is a tougher one to um, to defend. But go ahead. Counterpoint. You're wrong and your feelings <laughs> are bad and your opinions are bad. <laughs> Now, look, I, I understand the politics behind this. And there was it did make it did make some sense for House Republicans and uh, mass to stand up and say, we want 750. We see that the Senate Democrats have backed 750 in their version of the authorization bill. Senate Republicans are pushing for so everybody. It seemed like momentum was going for 750. there. That's fine. It looks really bad when the White House comes out a few days later and says, no, 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 738 is fine, whatever. You guys didn't need to take that really strong stance. I think House Republicans come out of this looking like they played politics with the number. At the same time, they were accusing uh, House Democrats of playing politics with the defense number and not being sincere. I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I am with you there. And I think that, um, you know, Adam Smith, when we when we watched the. Uh, this on the floor as they were, you know, amending the bill. Adam Smith came out, you know, guns blazing. I think on that last uh, that last evening before uh, final passage, and made this argument that there was there was no way the Republican Party was ever going to vote for a bill put together by Democrats. They want to be able to give speeches that say the Democrats, right? How could they back this bill and, and then, then say he, Democrats are, are are weak on national defense? They they want to say that the bill is inadequate so that they can say they're better than Democrats on national defense. And then the House Republicans come out and say, no, that's not true. That's not what we're doing. And then two weeks later say, yeah, okay. Right. Well, <laughs> except that House Republicans didn't totally well, say, yeah, a whole, okay, right? But there we, are, we established there are some, that. That's fine. But, but there, are, there are 65 of them who flipped over, and a yeah. good number of those are House Armed Services Committee that's members. That's correct. So, and that I, think, is, I think you're right. Those are the, that's the core group. That's the group that I'm really looking at saying, you guys got hung out to dry by this because you took such a strong stance earlier, and yes. now look, again- this is this is typically there's there's typically folks holding their nose and voting for this and saying because of the troops, right. because of the pay raise, because of the importance of getting this out there, we need it to we need to back this. We need to have at least some bipartisan level on this. This year they said no, we're not doing right. that. No Republicans vote for it, and then within two weeks, got to. No, it's a it's a around. it's a bad look after years of saying this is the one bill you don't play pub, uh, politics with Democrats. Now they're seen as, now it looks as like they played politics. Can I just say one thing? You know who's you know who's sure, big, but your who's, feelings are still wrong. Can I just say one big winner in this in this budget deal? Defense industry. Defense industry is happy. Wall Street has taken notice. Um, you know, before we recorded this podcast, uh, Moody's uh, put out a report and they say that this is a this is a good number. Credit positive for defense contractors allows DoD to pivot towards equipment and systems modernization. So. 
And that is your stock minute for the podcast this week. So, all right, look, as Congress heads out the door for summer here, there's a handful of uh, military nominations to talk about. Uh, House is already gone, but the Senate's going to knock a handful of these nominations out or has already knocked out a few. So let's let's go through the big moves uh, that are still. Let's us knock here. out a few. So let's, yeah, let's us knock out a few. All right, first, um, Mark Esper was confirmed as Defense Secretary last week. Uh, what do we have to say about that? No surprises there. We expect no. this to happen. No real floor controversy. Um, is what it is. Negative. Yeah. Um, Jack Reed um, in the in Esper's hearing described the Pentagon as being adrift um, because it's gone so long without um, some of its top leadership spots with, um, you know, with permanent people in them. I think there's like more than a dozen out of 60 political spots for the top six roles at the department. Um, and so maybe we see some action. Esper highlighted this as an issue he wants to address quickly. Yeah. So let's, let's some of those other roles. Uh, Mark, uh, General Mark Milley was confirmed as the new Joint Chiefs Chairman. Uh, again, not a big surprise. Uh, it seems like checking the boxes there and just getting that done. 89 to 1 vote. Um, you know, one uh, he replaces Joe Dunford, who leaves in September. Um, Jed Judson, who covered him as Army Chief of Staff, said, uh, you know, said he gets the he gets uh, credit for standing up a new four star Army Futures Command that reshapes Army procurement. Basically, he's smart. He makes things happen. OK, so both both relatively smooth sailing here. But top two to two of the top positions, they're pretty important. Right. Um, next, David Norquist is going to have a vote in the next few days to become the Pentagon's number two. Uh, you and I were wondering if they'd be able to sneak that in before the August recess. It looks like they will be able to yep. do that. Highly favored by um, Senate Armed Services Committee Chairman Jim Inhofe. So that would give us three of the top four spots filled with folks going into August. And then we have that fourth uh, spot right. uh, on the military side this time. Let's talk about Joint Chiefs Vice Chairman nominee, Strategic Command Chief General John Hyten. Uh, his nomination has been delayed over accusations of sexual misconduct against subordinate officer. Um, you've been covering this pretty closely. He he came in to talk to Senate Armed Services Committee members after two days after his accuser came in to talk to them. Uh, Senator Jim Inhofe, Chairman Jim Inhofe, uh, came out afterwards, said we're moving ahead. Uh, as we're taping this, they have scheduled a hearing for Tuesday to... To hear this, um, what are in open we, session? Yeah, what are we expecting this hearing to well, be? Well, you said I've been covering it closely, but I'm covering it as closely as you can as you can cover it. Both he and his accuser were brought in in closed session mm -hmm. um, in the secure facility in the in the Senate. Uh, you know, basically in the Capitol. But you can basement. get into those closed sessions now, can't you? Negative, oh. no, sir. <laughs> um, a number of reporters waiting outside, um, talking to folks as they come and go. Um, Tammy Duckworth, who um, for whom this uh, the accuser is a constituent has been one of the more outspoken uh, members on the committee. And she still has questions, maybe not so much about um, General Hyten and and the case, uh, because they've both come in and spo spoken, but she still has questions about the investigation. We should And we should footstomp this, that he was cleared by an Air Force investigation. Mm -hmm. But she is questioning that investigation. I'm not sure whether there are other folks who who would be questioning. She and, and Elizabeth Warren... Uh, both, I think, pushed on this one. And she hasn't been here this week, prob uh, probably because she's... Um, Senator Warren? Yeah, Senator Warren, probably because she she's doing campaigning. Something else? Is she's there another thing that's come up? Yeah, so. she's a candidate for, for the 2020 Democratic nomination. Oh, I didn't... Okay. Yeah, that would explain why she's not... Um, look, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting hearing. I don't know what to expect. I don't know if this is going to be a lot of questions about the alleged assault. I don't know if it's going to be questions about the investigation. I don't know if they're going to veer away from it completely. I assume... 
you know, Senator Inhofe has said that he's looked it over. He feels that things were cleared, but he did he did agree to bring the accuser in and bring Heighton in in those closed sessions so that this issue could be hashed out further. And then enough committee members feel confident, apparently, to move ahead with this. Um, as you said, even Senator Duckworth has been very, uh, very active on making sure that her constituent is heard, making sure the accuser is heard. Hasn't come out and said that she's going to oppose him, uh, oppose the the general's nomination. Just that she still has questions. So yeah, I I think um, maybe the the part of the reason why that it was necessary to have this hearing, or or, or tactically from Inhofe's, uh, and I'm just speculating here, but maybe to channel some of what might have come up in open session if he hadn't had this kind of extra layer of oversight where they were going back on the on the investigation. Some of this, these questions might have been channeled into open session, and and it's possible that he didn't want that. Um, so, or maybe by the same token, though, yeah. I can't imagine he completely avoids it here. But you're saying maybe it doesn't get as overwhelmed as it might have if they didn't have a chance to just deal with this issue behind closed doors. Precisely. So, all right, look, that'll be interesting. Right now, it's scheduled for Tuesday. We will be tracking that one closely, uh, and then we're going to be heading out for the summer with uh, with the Senate folks as well. Everything goes out. Um, one other big piece of news that happened in the last few days that I think we need to cover because of its, its clear importance, uh, the military community said a sad goodbye to the CBS drama, The Code, this week, uh, show about, and I am quoting from the network's notes here, the professional and personal lives of some of the military's brightest legal minds in the courtroom. Uh, look, show's been a favorite punching bag of defense Twitter in the last few months. It's got bad uniforms. Can I say it's? Can I say that's sad because Dana Delaney was in one of my favorite military shows, which was China Beach. I and they brought her back in this. And look, it, no one's attacking Dana Delaney when she's given the wrong uh, wrong lines and the wrong costumes to put on here. But uh, they had a loose grasp of military rules. Um, they had a plot line on one of the episodes that was, "Can Lieutenant Lee balance her duties to the Marine Corps with planning her wedding?" Uh, this is not the kind of thing that the, <laughs> the military community takes too kindly to. Didn't embrace this it. Whole. So, uh, so sadly, all of our dear Twitter friends are going to have to find something new to complain about. But, Joe, it got me thinking, what's the least realistic uh, military television show that you can remember? Well, I just say off the top of my head, um, MASH, right? Because it's an 11-year series. MASH about a classic. Th- yeah, but it was an 11-year series about a three-year war. No, that's fair. That's and fair. wars don't have laugh tracks, so. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I feel like it's, look, the one. It's, it's, it's bad if you're, it's bad if you're like trying to conduct an ambush and you have a laugh track. I guess that's fair. That's fair. The one that really position. jumped out to me and the one that, you know, I remember really taking me out of the moment um, because of all the just clear, clear service inaccuracies. Uh, was G.I. Joe. I mean, they just, they felt like they didn't oh, even try there. Yeah. You know, Scarlet's hair was completely out of rags. Right. You know, Snake Eyes is not wearing standard uniforms there. Who um, is? I just, you know, it's, it's, it just seemed <laughs> terrible. You know, they I feel like yelling yo, Joe, as you run into battle is violating so several different good. things. So, you know, really, really disappointing. Felt like it, you know, felt like it ruined the entire I don't feel like Sir Pantor was in any way, shape, or form recognized by the National Defense Strategy either. So. No, well, look, I mean, there are there are larger issues there of how they how they dealt with it. Also, their aim was terrible. I mean, they just never Awful. hit anything. So. Awful. Um, no, I'm pretty sure lasers are. Our producer is saying lasers. I'm pretty sure lasers are a thing. No, it's fine. I think that's uh, I think that's all good. So, All right, look, we will uh, we'll have one more week of uh, serious work here before we do nothing but uh, messing around for the rest of the month. You can follow all of our stuff on defensenews.com and militarytimes.com. And you can follow us all week on Twitter, at Leo Shane. I'm at Reporter Joe. Thanks for tuning in.